SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats, hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away. And obviously, phone calls, 844-843-6879. Our poll question is up. Uh, which team would you like to least have win a championship? Not most, but least. Uh, LeBron and the Lakers leading the way in an onslaught, 52%. Stankies, uh, check that. Notre Dame Collins football at 23 in second place. Stankies in third at 19 and then the proverbial other uh, getting only 5% of the vote. We'll read some of those others uh, here in a couple of seconds. But uh, go to your opposite uh, pick speed and uh, get your vote in. We'll update that a couple of times uh, in the uh, last hour. NBA last night, in case you missed it, uh, you know, a blowout boring game in the first half. Uh, turned into a real good game. Second half, Tyler Hero goes for 37 for Miami as they beat the uh, Celtics 112-109, taking a commanding 3-1 series lead. Uh, teams up 3-1 have won 50 of the 54 previous conference finals in that situation, so it doesn't look good if you're a Celtic fan. Hero couldn't miss 14-21, six rebounds, second all-time for most points in a playoff game for a player 20 years old or under. Uh, only Magic Johnson's 42 back in the ADMBA finals uh, scored more. And uh, it's just another terrific performance out of Hero. As I mentioned, first hour, you know, he may not have scored 31 points in previous Miami Heat playoff games, but he's been there. This is not just some some obscure guy coming off the bench. He has played an integral role in every one of these Miami victories down the stretch. He was terrific uh, yesterday, and he's been terrific for the Miami Heat. So uh, no surprise here that he gets his 37 yesterday, and he wins. Jason Tatum ends up with 28 for the season. None in the first half, oddly enough. I'd rather have 28 in the second half than 28 in the first half and pull LeBron. But the bottom line is he was nowhere to be found in the first half, and he wasn't uh, good enough, uh, along with the other teammates, to do well in the second half. So Celtics lose. Miami on the verge of going to the NBA Finals. How about bagels and bad meats? A lot to get to on this Thursday morning with Scott West. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. And that's the second Boston pick and roll they set with Smart on Kimba Walker to get Duncan Robinson on Kimba Walker. Alley up and bam out of bio, throws it down on a beautiful feed from Dragic. Offense was cutting here on the pick and roll. 
Dragic to Bam on the roll. ESPN Radio, or actually ESPN TV, my bad, uh, with the call there last night as uh, the uh, Celtics do beat the Boston Celtics. Bagels and Mad Beats on this Thursday morning. Scott Wetzel sitting again, again, taking you right up until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. So the Heat take a commanding 3-1 series lead as uh, the Celtics fall apart in the second half, continuing to lead guys wide open. And Hero continued to bury his shots. Basically, no one else did uh, for Miami. But you know what? That's okay. That's all they needed last night. Uh, Really, the dagger to me was 102.98, a minute 43 left. Miami hits a three to make it 105.98. And for all intents and purposes, uh, that was it. The Celtics would cut the lead to two uh, in the final seconds. But, uh, you know, here's another little pet peeve of mine. One, they cut the lead to two. Jimmy Butler hits one of two free throws to make it a three-point game. And really, this goes this really shows the mentality. It really shows the 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 lack of foresight and thinking of coaches and players. You know, it, maybe it is 10 times easier sitting at home, but you know what? Uh, you know, these guys get paid a gazillion dollars. So it's a two-point game, right? There, there's 1.1 seconds left. Jimmy Butler's going to the free throw line. Uh, he makes two, ball game is over. You go up four with 1.1 second left. So he misses the first one. All right. Now, all of a sudden, if you're a Celtic fan, you got a shot. Now, Miami or Boston does not have any timeouts left. So I ask you this little pop quiz here. All right. Butler's at the free throw line, an experienced veteran, leader of that team, been around a long time, right? If you're at the free throw line up two with 1.1 seconds left, but the opposition does not have any more timeouts left, what should you do? If you're a Miami Heat, a Boston Celtic, or a fourth, fifth grade girls basketball player at Plainview High, what should you do? You should miss that free throw, right? Because if you miss the free throw, the clock starts automatically, which means even if, even if the Celtics got the rebound, they would have to, in 1.1 seconds, grab the rebound, throw and hurl it 90 feet and get it in for a potential game winner. But if you make the free throw, yes, you're going up three, but then the Celtics can inbound the basketball and the clock is not rolling. And then they could actually set up a play, maybe a little pick and roll, a little something, little this, little that, you know, and a little Christian Leitner. I don't know, but you at least have the, the pause to be able to run up and down the sidelines and, and get a play in versus just grab the ball and heave. So you miss that second shot. Now, if you make the first shot and you have a chance to go up four, then obviously you don't. But if you miss the first shot, you miss the second shot on purpose. Just make sure you hit the rim, which is why I bring Butler and his veteran leadership and everything else. I have enough faith in Jimmy Butler if I tell him, listen, miss that shot. Just hit the damn rim, but miss the shot. He'd be able to do it. But what does Butler do? You know, what does, uh, you know, the Miami Heat bench, do they tell him to miss it? No. He makes the second shot. They go up three, and he actually gives the Celtics a chance to tie the game on an inbounds play. Pet peeve number one, stupidity on Miami Heat's part. Pet peeve number two, the inability for Boy Wonder to design a play. Now you have 1.1 seconds left. A lot of time, no. Enough time, though, to catch and shoot? Absolutely. In the NBA, believe it or not. Again, just ask the Celtics, uh, which lost the game against the Toronto Raptors with less than a second left, right? Remember that little play, quarter jumper? 
So what play do the Celtics design on this inbounds play? Because I'm sure every five, six, seven, eight-year-old kid growing up with a basketball net in his backyard replayed this play over and over and over again, right? Final seconds, playoff game. What are we going to run? We're going to heave a shot, and we're going to hit it, and we're going to walk off winners, right? Every single kid in the world has thought about this play. So obviously, boy wonder, Brad Stevens must have some great Boston Celtic play designed up his sleeve, right? I mean, he's got to have one. He's the greatest coach in mankind. I mean, you know, Red Arbach and then and, and, uh, Brad Stevens, one and two on the pecking order of greatness, right? I mean, he's got to have something special because he's so much better and smarter than everybody else. So what does he design? Nothing. Throw the ball in. One guy throws it in. One guy's in the backcourt. Three guys are in the front court. One guy's on the right. One's in the middle. And one's on the left. No one's sending any picks. No one's setting any screens. No one's running around. No one's going deep, running this way, that way. No one's faking his man out. They're just standing there. Celtics inbound the basketball. They heave it down there. One of those Christian Leitner passes. It gets deflected away. And the Celtics don't even get a shot off. And that is the great boy wonder. That's the great play that he designed. That's what separates him from all the other NBA head coaches. That's what made him so great, made him the greatest thing in the world at Butler. 1.1 second left, and he designs a play that you and I, when we were five years old, designed in our backyard. That's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic. You're telling me all the camps, all the clinics, all the time to design plays, all the structures and all the analysis and all this and that, You're telling me with all this time, boy wonder Brad Stevens didn't ever come up with the scenario, okay, guys, there's going to be a second and change left. We're going to be inbounding the basketball from underneath our own court, having to go the length of the court. This is what we're going to do. This is going to be the goal. This is the play we're going to run. Forget the fact that he screwed up and he didn't have a timeout left. You know, God forbid, you know, God forbid in a close game, he should actually have a timeout left. We're going to give him a pass on that. But you're telling me, with a pause in the action because Butler's at the free throw line so he can convey his message to his team. It's not like this is in in the flow of action. He's got a good couple of minutes there to be able to tell, or at least, you know, a minute, minute and a half anyway, to tell his team, all right, guys, play number three, you know, play number 4A. You know, we know what we're going to do now, right, because we're going to get the basketball, and we've been practicing on this all the time, right? We've been living in a bubble. We've had nothing else to do. You know, we're not going to the strip joints. We're not going to the bars. We're not going out restauranting. We're going to be playing basketball, so let's. this is the play we designed, right? I mean, that, that that's it. Throw the ball the length of the court and hope one of your guys catches it. No one's setting picks. No one's setting screens. No one's doing squatting. That's the best boy wonder can come up with. What a joke. And you wonder why the Celtics lost. Oh, uh, yeah, you wonder why. You and I, sitting at home, my 15-year-old daughter could design a better play than that with a second left. What a joke. Uh, And and these guys want to pretend they're the greatest thing in the world. You know, I feel sorry for most of all, Gordon Hayward. Why him? Because his wife gave birth on on Wednesday, yesterday, to his his first son. He's got three daughters. Okay. Well, he decided that he was not going to go home. That he's been out so long with his injury. I'm sure a lot of this is guilt. Uh, Although I really wonder if they like him on the team, to tell you the truth. But anyway, uh, he decides he's not going to be with the wife. 
he's going to stay with the Celtics. So I can't help but think, as they're clanking shot after shot after shot after shot, and Gordon Hayward knows in the back of his mind his wife just gave birth to his first son, his fourth child, that he's got to be saying to himself, what the fudge? What am I, nuts? I, I gave up being with my wife in the hospital room for this mess? For, 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 for you know, uh, Jason Tatum to go scoreless in the first half, albeit 28 in the second half? I, I gave up this for boy wonder not to know, know how to coach a basketball game? Are you kidding me? Really? My wife's in a hospital bed, you know, give birth to my first son, and I'm not with her because I want to be with these bozos? <laughs> I, I He's got to be saying, so what the fuck? What am I, an idiot? You know, and a little memo uh, to uh, Andrelton Simmons. Hello, anybody home? All right, so now now let's, now let's we got two guys, all right? Now we have uh, the poor, you know, James White, you know, New England Patriot running back that stays with the Patriots, even though he's got his father being killed in a car accident and his mother sitting in a hospital. We got Gordon Hayward, whose wife is in the hospital delivering birth to his son. Both those players decide to stay with their respective teams, but good old Adrian Simmons, he's too good for that. He decides with five games left, he wants out. No medical emergency, no anything else, except he just hates the uh, L.A. Angels. What a joke. More coming up, maybe with that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Uh, Bagels and Bad Beats on a uh, Thursday morning. We'll get to that news in a second because that is a head scratcher. First up, let's update our poll question. Uh, Which team would you least likely want to win a championship? Uh, LeBron and the Lakers, 54%. Stanky's 22. Uh, Notre Dame College football, 19. And the other proverbial other getting uh, 4% of the vote. Uh, Again, go to uh, opposite picks and uh, get your vote in, and uh, we will... um, Update that at least uh, one more time throughout the uh, morning. Steven writes in the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Scott, uh, re- he must be uh, you know having a little Irish coffee because uh, he wrote in the Red Sox. How dare you? Uh, and Fluffy Potato writes in, it's not even the Lakers, it's LeBron. He turned out to be such a piece of, you know, what off the court with his political BS and his uh, blank image. I'll let you fill in the blanks uh, there. So, uh, all right. Uh, 844-843-6879. We'll uh, open up the phones here in a little bit. First up, though, you know, we played the Rockets highlight because there's a uh, report out there from Yahoo Sports to say the Philadelphia 76ers are uh, considering Mike D'Antoni to be a head coaching candidate. Remember, they got rid of their head coach, so they have an open spot there that's yet to be filled. 
uh, which is a little peculiar. It's taken so long, but, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, the question I have is why? Uh, the report says that the Sixers are uh, willing to trade some of their big men, uh, including Al Horford, um, because obviously that would not fit into, I shouldn't say obviously, but it wouldn't fit into D'Antoni's style of running and gunning up and down the court in the small ball anyway that he finished up with uh, with the Houston Rockets. That Not that that's been his MO the you know, entire way. He has had big men on his roster. But anyway, that that's the word out of Yahoo Sports, that they're considering Mike D'Antoni, and if so, then they'd uh, be willing to trade some of the pieces. I think the Sixers need to trade some of their pieces regardless of who their head coach is. But I, I ask myself why. I, really, I, I don't get it. Um, Listen, uh, D'Antoni in his heyday was terrific. It wasn't slow ball, you know, and he came up when when they were walking the ball up the court, and, and you know, his style was good, but I don't get the fascination anymore with Mike D'Antoni. I, I, I just don't. I don't understand it. Where on his resume, if you're a Philadelphia 76er executive, does it say, you know, Elton Brand, if you're calling the shots, Elton, the GM with the 76ers, you know, good basketball guy. Where where on Mike D'Antoni's resume does it tell you that he's going to win an NBA championship with Philadelphia? Because that's what it is with the 76ers. You know, you've been to the postseason now a couple of times. You're no longer the dogs of the NBA. You got a couple of good players. And really, you go into every single year now as a Sixer, you either win the championship or bust. It's an unsuccessful season. I don't even care if you go to the NBA Finals. You're at the point now where you win a championship or it's been a failed year. So where on Mike D'Antoni's resume does it say he's capable of carrying the 76er team to a championship? He couldn't win with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. He's going to win with the 76ers. He couldn't win with James Harden and Chris Paul. He's going to win with Philadelphia. He couldn't win with the New York Knicks. Well, nobody could, but he couldn't win with Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash. Think about that. He's going to win with the Philadelphia 76ers. He couldn't win with Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion, but he's going to win with the 76ers. He couldn't win with Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol. Don't forget, he was head coach of the Lakers for a year and a half. He couldn't win with one of the greatest players of all time, Kobe Bryant, and yet he's going to win with the Philadelphia 76ers. He's been coaching in the NBA for 16 seasons as a head coach. 16. You know how many titles? None. 16 years of head coaching in the NBA. You know how many times he's been in the NBA Finals? None. Zero. 16 years of coaching in the NBA, he's had at least eight Hall of Famers in their primes and been unable to get to an NBA Finals, let alone win one. So where on his resume does it say all of a sudden, you know, 65-plus-year-old Mike D'Antoni all of a sudden is going to be able to take this Philadelphia 76er team over the top? I don't see it. I, I really don't. Couldn't win with the Lakers and Colby. Couldn't win with the Phoenix Suns and Amari Stoudemire. Couldn't win with the New York Knicks. Couldn't win with James Harden and Chris Paul with the uh, Rockets. Couldn't win with Harden and Westbrook with the Rockets. But somehow or another, he's going to win with Joel Embiid. I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I, I really, I don't get the fascination. Um, you know, maybe in the end, he ends up not getting a head coaching job. But I don't even know why he's rumored to be a head coach. I would not want him near my team. He has been a colossal disappointment year after year after year after year with teams that are in a position to be champions or bust. And he's not been able to even get to the NBA Finals, again, let alone win one. I don't understand why they would be interested in him. I just don't. Maybe he's a good guy. Maybe he's a player's coach. Maybe they want to placate to the, the players on the team rather than have a strict guy. I get that. 
but that doesn't mean you, you bring in a perennial loser. I mean, and that's what he is. I hate to say it. Seems like a nice enough guy, nothing against him, but, and you don't have, I, I will admit, you don't have, you know, NBA championship head coaches, you know, uh, just waiting in the wings. I get that, but this guy is is not just a head coach that uh, hasn't won before. Th- this guy is a head coach that's had talent after talent after talent. Uh, you know, at least as, as we make fun of the LA Angels for reportedly being interested in Dave Dombrowski, uh, at least Dumbo Dombrowski has won some World Series, you know, with the Red Sox. Thank you very much. At least he's taken teams to the World Series, Detroit Tigers. Thank you very much. So despite his, you know, spending crazy just re- and handing out just ridiculous contracts like Dombrowski has done, at least if the Angels are interested in him, they could say, well, you know, he spends crazily, but he did win a World Series with the Red Sox. He did take the Tigers. Uh, to the World Series and really should have won. So at least we see the, you know, the pot at the end of the rainbow. You don't even get that with D'Antoni. You don't even get, you know, you get the same type of thing. He's had all this talent in the world. Again, eight NBA Hall of Famers in their prime, at least eight. And he can't even say he's been to an NBA Finals, let alone win one. And that's the guy you want to bring in with your young team, perhaps. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I I don't know what I'm missing, but <clears throat> I, I do not see it with Mike D'Antoni. I would not want him as part of my team at all. No, thank you. Baseball last night, uh, as we touched on, Tampa Bay does clinch uh, the AL East. They beat the Mets 8-5 to for all intents and purposes. Uh, they uh, basically eliminate the Mets in the National League. How about the Twinkies? They beat the Tigers 7-6 to despite a couple of home runs from Miguel Cabrera. So the Twins take over first place in the AL Central, their fourth straight win, as the White Sox lose again. I told you about this overrated White Sox team. They lose 3-2 to the Indians last night. Luplo with a walk-off two-run homer. Luplo. Who are are these guys in baseball this year? I got to tell you, uh, I follow baseball as well as the next guy, but some of these guys I've just never heard of. I just, you know... I got a bone up on my baseball, I suppose. But uh, Luplo with a home run for the Cleveland Indians, a two-run blast. Uh, Bieber had 10 strikeouts for the eighth time this season. He's going to win the uh, the strikeout total uh, for the year. We'll get to those numbers here in a second. But the Indians win. The White Sox are now. I told you about this White Sox team. It's the biggest fraud team in Major League Baseball. They are 10-15 and 15 against the best teams on their schedule. 10-15. and 15. For a team that's t- over 10 games over 500, for them to be five games under 500 against the better teams, they're a phony team. They they really are. They are, you know, um, and, and they've been able to, you know, beat the team that they're supposed to beat, which is not always easy, but against the better teams, the Twins, the Indians, over in the National League, the Cubs, the Cardinals. They are 10 and 15 for a team that, again, is now 12 games over 500. That is a 17-game swing. They have feasted on the Royals, on the Tigers, on the Pittsburgh Pirates, on the Milwaukee Brewers of the world because they get to play the NL Central. They have just beaten the crap out of those teams, which has gotten them to their 34-win total, and that's allowed them and will allow them to make the postseason. But you look at their schedule. We ran it down the other day, and we'll bring it up every single time they lose to a good team they face. I would not. This this team was up four games just four days ago with 10 games left. Check that. With uh, six, 
Yeah, with with the with eight games left, they had a four game lead. Four games later, it's gone. I mean that that's why because the White Sox played good teams and the Twinkies played lousy teams. Twinkies won their games. White Sox lost their games. It's as simple as that. They they cannot beat any good team. The White Sox. So just put that down on your calendar come playoff time. And this is big. You know, you, you might not think, uh, who cares, Scott? You know, well, you know, being a number one team, being a division winner, actually there is a difference, especially in the first round where the home team gets all three games. You know, it's not best of three, two games with the higher-seeded team, one with the lower-seeded team. No, the higher-seeded team gets to play all three games uh, on their uh, field, you know, albeit with empty state, uh, with empty, you know, an empty stadium, but still. That's big. So there is an advantage, you know, not only the home team, but you get to play in your home ballpark all three of those games. So there is a reason to fight for that AL Central crown because otherwise you go from the number, you know, realistically two or worst case scenario three seed to, you know, maybe the number four or even worst case scenario five seed, depending on how far you drop. And you don't want to drop to number four. That's for, or it's a number five rather. That's for sure. Then you will be playing on the road. So, but the White Sox are frauds, just just absolute frauds. So, uh, Tampa Bay wins. Atlanta knocked off Miami uh, nine to four, uh, and Cincinnati bashed the Brewers six to one. We'll run down the standings and we'll do the updated uh, preseason uh, total. That's all coming up next right here, Big of the Bad Beats on Thursday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. He throws a fastball anywhere in that strike zone. I can see Eddie taking a big swing right here, trying to go deep. Left center and deep to the bullpen. Reyes going back, still going back, and that ball's gone. Rosario with a two-run home run into the bullpen. Network there on the Bagels and Bad Beats at Thursday morning, 844-843-6879. couple things to get them before we leave you, including our baseball prop plays. Uh, Twinkies didn't win, uh, did win last night 7-6. Real, real quickly also, Phillies over the uh, Nats 12-3. Uh, Bryce Harper, a couple of home runs. Uh, Toronto bashed the uh, Stanks. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're dying here with excitement here. Uh, Toronto beat the Yankees 14-1. to <clears throat> it was uh, scoring eight runs in a sixth inning in the process, oh, by the way. Seattle over Houston, 3-2. to two. Uh, Trevor Bauer, 12 strikeouts. Cincinnati over the Brewers, 6-1. to one. Little oddity, uh, which I would have thought would have happened. I mean, maybe I, I misread this, only read the headlines and not the full story, but Pittsburgh beat the Cubs 2-1. to one. That was only the first, excuse me, only the fifth time ever, well, since 1900. Uh, that a team has scored two runs by home runs with its first two batters and nothing else after that. 
But that seems I would have thought that would have happened a couple of more times than just five since 1900. But that's what I read. Uh, let us see. Kansas City over St. Louis, 12 to three. Bad loss for the Cardinals there, fighting for their playoff lives. Oakland knocked off the Dodgers. No big deal there. Uh, LA's clinched basically everything except home uh, field advantage throughout the uh, playoffs. And the Giants knock off the Rockies 7-2 as the Giants continue to fight for their playoff lives. Uh, Charlie Morton <clears throat> showed off a nice little T-shirt. You know, obviously, if you ask, you know, nine st- or ten Stanky fans, nine will tell you that the Red Sox are their main rivals. And they are, you know, if you want to eliminate the Mets as well. Uh, but you have the Mets and you have the Yankees in either particular order uh, in, in the Red Sox. Those are the big three, right, as far as the, the rivalry amongst them all. And then you have to throw in Tampa Bay now into the equation. The Devil Dogs have owned the Stankies over this past season. Uh, you had the little bean brawl incident with Araldus Chapman nearly hitting Ray's infielder Mike Brusso earlier in the uh, year. Uh, and the two teams went at it. And then there were angered thoughts back and forth. Kevin Cash, manager of the Devil Dogs, said after that game, you know, I have a whole damn stable of guys who throw 98 miles an hour in reference to if you throw at our guys, I'll have my guys throw at your guys. There were suspensions and everything else. So yesterday, Ray's pitcher Charlie Morton showed off a T-shirt that uh, him and his teammates were wearing of uh, several horses in a stable, i.e., you know, we have a damn stable of guys who throw 98 miles an hour. So did he do that because he was in New York playing the Mets? I, you know, I don't know. It wasn't the Yankees, but the fact that he just did it, you know, I don't need a reason why. The fact that, you know, Tampa Bay, the the little, you know, Tampa Bay devil dogs whose payroll is basically one fifth of what the Stankies payroll is, has not only won the division, but in the process tweaking the Yankees. Uh, making fun of them for some of the things and, and just, you know, going toe-to-toe with this stanky team. They are not backing down at all. So it's actually pretty funny, you know, that Tampa Bay would be that serious of a rival with, with the Yankees, you know, between the Mets and the Red Sox. Um, you know, you think they'd have their fill of rivals, but here comes Tampa Bay. We may be needing the Tampa Bay Devil Dogs. Uh, and how about the sports world? You know, we could have a Tampa Bay a uh, lightning Stanley Cup champion, you know, which is now up two games to one. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. We could have the Tampa Bay Devil Dogs as World Series champs as well. And then you throw Tom Brady into the equation with the Buccaneers. I mean, it's Tampa Bay. They could be the sports capital of the world. I mean, really think about that. Thank goodness there's not a basketball team in Tampa, right? I mean, you got the Orlando Magic nearby, but otherwise you don't. You could have the lightning for sure. You know, that's the most probable. Um, you know, then it would be probably be it. That's a good question. It, it probably would be the Rays having the best chance. I, you know, I'm not quite sold on uh, Tom Brady, and and it's just a gauntlet to get to the NFC postseason to the Super Bowl. That would be tough. And then even if he did, he's looking at having to be Baltimore or Kansas City. I know that Rays team or that. Uh, um, you know, the Buccaneers team is pretty good. We don't know how good at this point. So they would probably be third on the pecking order of chances to win it all. But, you know, all three have realistic chances. Obviously. I mean, you imagine that Tampa Bay, not New York, not Chicago, not L.A., not Philadelphia, not Boston. You know, it's Tampa Bay that owns the sports world. Wow. That would actually be pretty funny. It, it really would. All right. Now, at the beginning of the season. We gave out some season props, and we got about four or five games left, depending on which team you root for. So I've been meaning to actually do this for a few days now, but why don't we do it now? Get a little bit of a lull in the action. Uh, so let, let's see how our season props are doing, shall we? <clears throat> let's see why they call me Mr. Vegas. 
All right, we had a World Series matchup prop where we took four possibilities. We had uh, Stanks and Dodgers at plus 615. So you put $100 down and you win 615. That's how the plus 615 goes. It's all based on a $100 play. You don't have to, obviously, but that's what it's based on. So Yanks, Dodgers, okay, that, that's looking pretty good at 6-1 to one odds. I, you know, I'd, I'd have that ticket. If I had the opportunity to cash that ticket in and get my money back, would I do that? No. I, I, you know, the Dodgers are the prohibitive favorite in the NL, and Yanks have as good a chance of any in the AL, so I'm okay with that. Astros, Dodgers at 12-1. to one. Listen, we're going to be in the fight with the Astros, but without Verlander coming back, that really, you know, hurt their cause. So I'd probably buy back that ticket if given the opportunity. Yanks, Nationals, Astros, Nationals, forget about it. We put the black cloud on Washington. I, I thought more than anything else, you know, I knew they were going to have a down year than Nats, but I thought with eight teams making the postseason, they'd get one of those goofy wild card spots and then having Strasburg uh, at the front end of your rotation, uh, you know, I'd have a fighting chance, kind of like what they did last year. That's what I was banking on this year, but obviously that's not the case, so those two are going to be losers. But we only had those for uh, one quarter plays. Our World Series winner, we put the Stankies in at 4-1. to one. We took a flyer on Philadelphia at 25-1. That's probably not going to occur. We still got to get them into the playoffs uh, rather than just winning the World Series. Let's, let's worry about that first, so baby steps. But we're, we're alive on both of those. Team totals, not too bad. Uh, we have winners on over <coughs> excuse me, over 31.5 White Sox. That, that's a winner already. Uh, under 30 Red Sox, that's a winner already. Uh, under 25.5 Pittsburgh, that's a winner already. We played over 30 and a half Milwaukee. Right now, the Brewers are 27 and 28. So they would have to go four and one in order to get 31 wins. Possibility? Mm, you know, maybe. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, over 31 and a half Phillies, that's going to be a loser. They played 57 games uh, with 28 wins. So even if they won the remaining three, that, that would put them at 31. Now, I, you know, I will say this. If they play an extra game, and I don't think they will, I think they got a bunch of series of tiebreakers, so they wouldn't have to play an extra game. That that's I, I'm I'm pretty sure. I know the first tiebreaker head to head, second tiebreaker division record, or it might be vice versa. Um, it might be way down the line they would play that extra game, which is generally considered a regular season game. But I'm going to write that off as a loser. So we got three winners, one loser, and then uh, one pending with Milwaukee at thirty and a half. Uh, two others, uh, our other, no, those were our locks, our other plays over 31 and a half St. Louis. That's going to be a no play because they're not going to play 60 games. I don't think they're at 52. So you're not going to get enough games. And we did play the under 24 and a half Miami Marlins that, that I did not see Miami having the record that they had. So that that's a loser. Um, our, uh, hunches, we, uh, played a hunch on the Stankies over 37 and a half. They're not going to get that. Uh, they're at 32 and 23 with five games left. So the most they can get is 37. And so we'd lose by the hook, even if they won the remaining games. And then over 26 and a half Rockies. This would be a disappointing one if we don't get this because they were what, eight and three at, at the beginning of the year, nine and three. I, I want to say they were well on their way to over 26 and a half. And now they stand at 24 and 30. So we need them to go three. We need three more wins out of them with six games left. Can they go three and three down the stretch? Again, that would be a tough one if we ended up not getting that. Our season awards. Uh, we put a flyer, the black cloud on uh, Aaron Judge at nine and a half to one. So that's not going to happen. And then we put uh, uh, Bryce Harper at three to one. I, I figured he'd have a monster year. I really kind of bought hook, line and sinker on this Philadelphia Phillies team. Uh, neither one of those two guys uh, have MVP type seasons. 
AL Cy Young, uh, we did uh, Jose Barrios out of Minnesota at 15 to 1. He's 5 and 3. Uh, no shot there. 9 to 1, Jack Flattery over at, uh, in St. Louis for the NL Cy Young. He's 4 and 2. Not had, he really has not had the year uh, more than anyone else. I expect he was so, so dominant down the stretch last year. And it just hasn't happened for him this year. Uh, so he's at 4 and 2. Not happening. Season uh, plays. Most home runs. Uh, I did Aaron Judge at 15 to 1, Josh Donaldson at 50 to 1, and uh, Luke Voigt uh, is now in the AL lead. So uh, no, no chance for Judge or Donaldson. Most hits, uh, I had Rafael Devers and uh, Cody Bellinger at 15 and 44 to 1. Neither one even close. Most saves, I had Josh Hader at uh, 10 to 1. He's got 11. Uh, that's not going to happen. Kirby Yates, the black cloud that struck him as he had season ending surgery back in August. Most strikeouts, I had Lucas Giolito at 16 to 1. And uh, he's at 97. Not bad, but Shane Bieber has 122. And I don't think that includes last night's total. So he's up, up, to, up to 132. How about some prop plays that we played? Uh, somebody throws a no hitter. I said no, and we've had two. So that, that's a loser at minus 240, actually. Somebody hit 20 home runs or more. I said yes, and sure enough, we got Luke Voigt. You know, if you told me a stanky would have 20-plus uh, home runs at this point of the year, you know, I'd say either Judge or Stanton, Sanchez. I don't know if I would have told you Luke Voigt, but Luke Voigt leads the majors with 21 home runs. Uh, most K's by a pitcher, 105 and a half. I told you at the beginning of the year, this was without a shadow of a doubt, the best, easiest play on the board. If you were only going to play one, this would be the one to play. I thought for sure that there would be at least one pitcher, if not three, four, five, that would have over 105 and a half strikeouts. And, and lo and behold, again, Bieber had 122 going into last night's game. So he should be at 132, well over the 105 and a half total. So that was an easy winner. Uh, most saves, 16 and a half. We played the under at plus 120. Brad Hand has 14 now for the Indians with about five games left. So we're sitting good as long as he doesn't get three more in the remaining five games. We should be okay on that one. Uh, this is where I screwed up. I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know why I did this, but uh, most hits, eighty-one and a half. I think I just figured, geez, that's sixty games. You know, that's almost a hit and a half a game. Uh, you know, guys won't play all sixty games. They'll probably play about fifty-five or so. Uh, I didn't think we'd have someone with eighty-two, but uh, and we and we may not. But uh, Jose Abreu and Trey Turner have seventy-four, so they both need eight more. Again, with about five games left, it would take some doing. You know, we're still definitely in the ballpark, but um, you know, considering there's two guys, you know, you never know. But we were okay, I suppose, on that one. Most RBIs. This is the one I really I, I kicked myself on. Uh, Fifty-one and a half. We played the under for some dopey reason. Uh, Jose Abreu already has fifty-seven, so that's a loser. And then stolen bases, eighteen and a half. We played the under there. Uh, Mondesi at Kansas City already has twenty-two. We should have played the over on all those. Uh, so you know, not actually, you know, all things considered, not too bad. We're actually in the ballpark on a bunch of those. We've already won a few of those, and we've only really lost just the one or two that are absolutes. Otherwise, you know what? We're, we're still actually in the ballpark on uh, on a lot of those things. So. All right, uh, coming up on 54 minutes past the hour, we'll take a break, come back, we'll update the poll question one more time. 
Uh, we'll have some stories that we didn't have time to delve into and some winners with the boys in Vegas. That's all coming up next right here. Vegas with that beats on a uh, Thursday morning. On the 25th or 24th. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. I love Brian Piccolo. And I'd like all of you to love him too. And tonight, hit your knees. Please ask God to love him. What a great movie. <clears throat> That's a TV movie, actually. It never really made the movie screen. It was a TV, made-for-TV movie when they used to do that back in the 70s, Little Love, Brian. So those were the actual words. They actually, if, if you Google it, you could see the real paper Gail Sayers talking about Brian Piccolo uh, way back when, when Brian was dying of cancer. Yeah, Brian saw great, a great tearjerker movie for sure. All right, let's close up shop with a couple of stories here. Football-wise, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, in the NFL, we got the Dolphins and Jacksonville Jaguars tonight. I'm excited because I'm a Dolphins fan. Really, the season on the line, if, if they fall to 0-3, that's it. Uh, that might be two in next week. So uh, maybe we lose the battle and win the war by losing tonight and getting uh, two in there. Jacksonville could actually be 2-1. and one. Giants put wide receiver Sterling Shepard on IR. Boy, they lose uh, Barkley. This past Sunday with a knee injury, and now they lose their best wide receiver. Broncos may not be putting Drew Locke on IR. They think he might not have to miss three games with a shoulder injury. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't practice with the Niners yesterday, so looks like Nick Mullins will start at quarterback versus the Giants. And then uh, Devontae Adams uh, is uh, questionable, uh, not knowing if he's going to be able to play for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Some winners. Uh, you know what? I, I, I love the Lakers tonight. I just think with Miami winning last night, ready to close out the Celtics, I think the Lakers are going to want to follow suit. They played like crap against Denver game three. I'd, I'd be real surprised. It's down to six. I, I will gladly take the Lakers. I really will lay in just a six. And listen, you know, we didn't get into the Breonna Taylor situation. You know, what a sad, sad story it is. But uh, do yourself a little favor and just do a little research. You know, we have a saying here, don't let facts get in the way of a good rant. You know, see how a grand jury works. You know, chances are very, very good. There were a number of blacks on that grand jury that decided not to indict. And oh, by the way, the attorney general of Louisville is black. All right. So you just I know it doesn't fit the narrative, but be careful. Get, just get the facts before you yell and scream. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow or Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here. Bagels and Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.